Cool. Uh, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Ascension Show. So glad to have you. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you're having a great day so far. So today I'm joined by my friend Theodora that I met on the Metaverse, and uh, we kind of maintained in contact for a while, uh, you know, interacting with each other's content and stuff. And now we're finally talking on a podcast, finally making it happen. Um, I've really been enjoying your content. It's a lot about nutrition and stuff, but um, Theodora, why don't you give yourself an introduction to the audience? Okay, so hi, everyone. Um, I'm Theodora. I live in Australia and I am qualified in both psychology and nutrition. So what I aim to do is help people gain, you know, their healthiest best self in terms of psychological nutrition. So unlike a lot of nutritionists out there, I focus on the mind and specialize in our gut brain connection food eating disorders, weight management, all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of a little bit about what I do just to summarize it. Um, and I guess my aim for coming on here, talking to Stephen and all you guys is to share my health journey, all the struggles I went through, all the real, raw, honest stuff that maybe a lot of people don't say and how that relates to our mindset and the importance of psychological nutrition, really. <laughs> Very cool. Um, and I think so, like you have this profound knowledge on all this great stuff about um, not even nutrition, but like the connection between the gut and the brain and the connection that comes from food and psych psychology. Um, and so you're at this point where you have all this knowledge, but it took you that low point to come to that high point with all the knowledge that you have. And, um, and I think that's very resonant with like a lot of people with the success that they have and with the wisdom that they have is like, at some point they were at a low point and then they had a point of realization and then a change, and then they really started changing. And so I think that is really resonant, um, and important. So I'd, I'd like for you to, um, to if you're okay opening up a little bit and just sharing about like what was this point of realization in your journey where you realized okay something needs to change yeah absolutely so that's one of the main I have a few stages of my health journey and the first one I like to say is triggered that's the word so I remember the exact trigger in my mind where I fully connected with my body um and my mind so I'll take you way back to high school um I remember sitting down with all my classmates and I was sitting next to a few girls in my class and I remember looking over to them and this might sound silly or it might resonate with a lot of people but we were sitting cross-legged and I remember looking down at you know like just their legs and you know when your knee, your knee sort of um, bends and there's like a little bit of natural completely normal um, body fat that kind of extends the knee I realized that they didn't have as much as me right and that kind of triggered me into thinking oh like is my body normal um, anyway so the day went on and then I found that I kept because of that moment comparing myself to all the other girls in my class and almost formed an association that 
okay, th these girls that look like this had boyfriends, you know, they had relationships, all that. And then I started to associate that with, oh, maybe that's why I don't have a relationship. Maybe there's something wrong with my body. Um, maybe it doesn't look good enough. So my triggering to starting my health journey was unfortunately more of a decrease in self-love and a fear of my body versus me wanting to feel healthier. So that I think shaped a, pretty much my whole entire health journey and the struggles that I faced because I didn't address it and come into it with such a healthy mindset. Mm. And I feel like a lot of people are probably able to resonate with that. Like a lot of people, I think, start their health journey because of a fearful thought or a lack of self-love. Um, I don't know if you can relate at all in, in um, any of <laughs> <laughs> at least okay for me it was like I kind of went down the conspiracy rabbit hole when COVID happened so like I was like learning a lot of stuff and I learned about yeah. like big food and what goes on with that kind of stuff and so I learned about um you know pesticides and GMOs and I learned about factory farming and stuff and then I was like oh my god I've been putting this food in my body for so long and so that's kind of what changed for me but I think it's interesting that you're supposed to more of a social aspect mm -hmm. because like self-comparison is a real thing. And I, I have suffered from that before. Like when you're in a social environment and you're kind of comparing, like what do these people that have, you know, quote unquote, good lives and good, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, um, you know, social status, like what do they have? And then you see like what they have that you don't have. And then you start to like diminish your self-worth because you don't have what they have, but really you're just kind of, uh, you're an observer and you're really looking at the surface and you're not going, you don't truly know what that person is going through because that person could be thinking the same thing. Um, yes. So. And I think in that phase of life as well, in your teens, we're yeah. trying to figure out who we are. We're trying to, you know, fit in as best as we can. So I think our minds are definitely a lot more vulnerable in that respect when it comes to health and what's healthy. And I personally think that, you know, you can go to the dictionary and you can look up what healthy and healthy means, but I think there's a major individual and personal influence on what healthy is. Like I can ask 10 different people what they feel what they see healthy to be how does it feel like you know all your viewers right now like ask yourself these questions like what does healthy look like to me what does it feel like mm. what types of behaviors do I have to undergo to get there and will those behaviors negatively impact my body or mind in certain ways these are things that I think people should definitely address before jumping into any sort of fitness routine any quote-unquote diet you know that's super important yeah, no, that's a great point. So so to piggyback off two points, um, the teen age is a big age because you're very suggestible and you're trying to fit in because you're trying to figure out like who you are. And um, like, I think, I mean, not to like bounce into a different topic, but a lot of reason teenagers are dealing with mental health problems and then um, committing suicide is because it's like, they can't deal with the death of themselves being birthed into a new version of themselves that they ended up like killing themselves actually. And so that's something that like is super intense when you're going through and you're going through all these physical changes and you're in that environment and everyone else is going through that. 
So it's just overwhelming and, and you want to fit in because we're social beings and being, you know, fitting in is just primal. It's in our nature. And so that is like, it's what shapes like your whole idea of who you are, your conceptualization of yourself. And then I also think it was really important that you just raised the point to have people consider themselves the question, what does healthy mean to me? Because healthy to different people can mean different things. Obviously, if someone thinks they're being healthy by going to McDonald's and eating a burger and fries because they're getting easy protein and carbs like that, like that's not what we mean. <laughs> I've actually asked someone, I actually had someone tell me that before that they go to McDonald's sometimes and get like a quarter pound, whatever, because it's quick protein and carbs. Like, are you kidding me? Um, uh, yeah, I definitely try to tell people to focus more on nutrients versus calories. Um, yeah. Yeah. I know and that there are certain there are certain times where calories can help you out in terms of if you're trying to achieve a certain athletic uh, goal and things like that. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, that's important. But in, terms of, in terms of yeah, what you were saying before, yeah, we are always evolving. And in terms of nutrition can play such a supportive role with our well-being and mindset. So there are ter- certain what I like to call happy hormones, dopamine and serotonin. And there are certain foods that you can eat that are going to help the production and increase those hormones in your body. So I think if you want to increase dopamine, foods like uh, tyrosine foods, that's an essential amino acid. Uh, They are pretty much, you know, things like grass-fed beef, eggs, things like that. It's going to help your brain produce that. And then if you want to increase things like serotonin in your body with nutrition, you'd want to focus more on omega-3 fatty acids. So things like sardines, salmon, chia seeds, hemp seeds, things like that. So a lot of the time people get their dopamine hit from things like refined sugars, highly processed foods, even things like social aspects. So getting a text message from someone you like, that can produce a dopamine hit. So what I try to tell my clients is that they can help support their mood and well-being with certain foods, like healthy foods, as well as, you know, you don't need to get that quick dopamine fix because it's going to then deplete you in the long term. And it's just, it messes with your body. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's good stuff. I'm like taking notes. I'm learning stuff. Um, That's (laughs) cool. Um, And I think there is something like, I eat like eggs and potatoes every day. And I get so excited to eat my eggs and potatoes. Like if I, if I mess my, I cook on stainless steel and like, cause I don't want the Teflon getting in my, in my food. Um, so I'm cooking on stainless steel and you have to oil the pan, right? And if you don't oil the pan, right. And you don't have a proper heat, then your eggs are going to stick to the pan. And it just turns into this disgusting mess. And every time, every time I mess it up, even just a little bit, I get upset with myself. Cause I'm like, God, I think the eggs weren't perfect this time. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's something special about like eating those eggs, like straight off the pan. Um, especially with the potatoes too, like the carbs and the protein. Yeah, I know. Well, it's morning over there, so. It is, yes. Um, I guess also, see, that made me think of another thing. When I was, you know, really starting to think about nutrition more health-wise than look-wise, I remember when I got rid of, you know, all my refined sugars and highly processed foods, my fruit started to taste so sweet like mm. my sugar came right back like I'm like I'd forgotten 
how sweet fruit tastes because we are so used to eating a bunch of foods that already have such a high content of sugar that fruit doesn't hit that same way so I, I like it's and it takes a while for your taste buds to kind of get back to that that sort of balance like I think it took at least over a month for me to be like okay wow like this kiwi fruit tastes more sweet than ice cream yeah kiwi's <laughs> so good I, I get so excited to eat kiwi fruit it's like oh they're my favorite at the moment yeah That's no enough. my favorite is golden kiwis even though you're australian those kiwis from oh, new yeah, zealand are really good no the, they're the golden one yeah that one the golden ones are are my go-to as well yeah. but i eat them with the skin on because yeah i saw you post about that so can you explain a little <laughs> bit about that yeah well i'm not crazy um they eating them with the skin that's where I, most of the nutrients in a kiwi fruit actually is um so i kind of tell people to try it to give it a go i know it doesn't feel great at the beginning but if you want to sort of ease into it just the green kiwis are less furry so i sort of edge people towards that um but you're going to benefit a whole lot more if you eat the skin. I mean, it's I've not the end it. of the world, right? But have you tried no, it's it? Not. I've tried it. I tried it with a green. So the, I think the green kiwis are fuzzy and then the golden kiwis are like more smooth. Oh, so, I must have got to make it up. Yep. Oh, yeah, no, it's so cool. On. No, it's cool. <laughs> um, no, okay. I tried it with the green kiwi and that was like, it was weird. It was wacky. I'm not going to lie. I didn't enjoy it. But I have some golden kiwis in the fridge. So you're enticing me to try it after we're done here. I really think you should. <laughs> I should. So what um what does the skin offer that the fruit doesn't? I'm I'm actually interested. Yeah, so a lot or in theory a lot more fiber for starters. That's a big one. Um but because the inside of a kiwi is obviously very juicy and made up of a lot more water. The vitamins like, you know, vitamin C, vitamin A, it's more concentrated in the skin, essentially, just to summarize mm. it. <laughs> Interesting. It would save a lot more time too, because I don't have to sit there and peel it. Exactly. Exactly. You just you just cut, you just wash and cut. Yeah. I guess it's <laughs> the same concept. It's definitely the same concept as eating an apple with the skin. Yeah. 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 Which makes a lot of although, sense. Although I don't want to get too deep into that, but I'm always hesitant with apple skins, especially if you buy them from a supermarket. Yeah. You know, cover it with wax sort of. Yeah, it makes it look really shiny. You go to a market and you get the real authentic, you know, straight off the tree type apples and oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because the thing with apples is, I think they do this specifically with apples is like they'll they'll pick them off the tree but they'll pick them before they're ripe and then they have something they spray on it to make it turn ripe and then they'll also like wax them so they look appealing in the store because they're all shiny and stuff after they've been sprayed with the glyphosate which is just a horrible combination um i think yeah it's it's good to remind people that just because a certain food item looks perfect doesn't mean it's perfect for you a yeah. lot of the time, the ones that look less perfect are actually better for you. Yeah, the other way around. Or it's like yeah. when something tastes like bitter, like I'm trying to think of a food that is like su- was like super bitter. Oh, there's these apples I bought at the food co-op I shop here. And they were like so bitter and they weren't satisfying to eat. But I, was, I forced myself to eat them because I knew they were high in nutrients because they were bitter that like that. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah. So that's cool. Um, so I just wanted to also ask you, um, so you kind of went through the university process to kind of get your credentials. And so I, I wanted to ask because at least in the United States, like if you're going through an institution, you're kind of learning the conventional methods and it's not very holistic and it's kind of like, okay, standard American, like doctors here out of all their 10 years of education only take two nutrition classes. So they're nowhere near qualified as they should be if they're going to be offering medical advice to patients. So I'm kind of wondering what the curriculum looks like and what the process looks like and how that kind of worked for you. Yeah, so in Australia, we do have, you know, our standard degrees that will give you those credentials. Um, and I'm by no means bagging them out. But there's definitely a gap in them in terms of, yeah, the holistic approach and tapping into well-being. And that's something that I've had to personally kind of venture out and research myself and also gain from my personal health journey so a big we go back to my health journey again um because my health triggers were a little negative in terms of what I was starting out to go into I ended up going from being you know maybe slightly overweight to very underweight because I started restricting my calories you know there was a point where I remember to this day I remember talking to my dad and saying, Dad, guess what? I have only eaten 400 calories today and it was dinner time. And to me, I remember feeling like so accomplished and proud of myself because that's what I thought healthy was, right? And I still remember the look on his face today because it was pure like shock and like fear. And he was like, that's not good. You know, what, what do you mean? Like, and I just remember thinking at the time, oh, he just doesn't get it. Like, you know, this is, this is what health is. He just doesn't get it. But looking back at it now, I'm, I'm thinking, wow, like if someone were to tell me that they were eating dramatically less than even a toddler at the age of 21, I would pro I would have the same reaction. Like it's, 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 it's crazy to, to think about the things I put my body under only because I thought that that was what health was. Like that was the, that was what people were doing to be healthy um you know not only that but because I did that I damaged my body in a lot of ways I broke its metabolism I caused major hormone imbalances um I lost my cycle like it just a bunch I reached a really unhealthy body fat percentage which then made me super tired my sexual energy decreased like it just threw me right out of whack um and I know that a lot of people, especially females, go from, you know, the one end of the health spectrum to another, you know, they, they end up gaining and uh, gaining, you know, food eating disorders because of their relationship with food completely changes. And it's just, oh, just thinking about it. It's just, you can go through so many struggles if you don't firstly address, you know, how your body's going to react with this, like is your idea of healthiness really healthy um yeah <laughs> no that's cool um I think like the I think like the, what you go through there like really helps you understand how the body works and like how you can regain proper function um 
So what did you learn? Did you learn like to treat your body right in school or did school kind of like teach you that, okay, like calories, like are the bad thing. And that's kind of what made you go into that kind of phase. So, Well, in terms of, yeah, my nutrition degree, it's definitely more focused on calories and focusing on the Australian healthy guidelines, which I personally feel like can definitely be, uh, upgraded because like I said health is very individual and they place a lot of emphasis on carbs versus I would place more emphasis on protein intake nothing wrong with carbs but I always you know tell people that the first thing they should get in check in terms of their macronutrients is to make sure they get enough protein protein and fiber from vegetables they're like my top two things that I would definitely tell people to focus on because protein is so important for our body, um, especially if we pair our nutrition with fitness in terms of resistance training. Because the more muscle we build, the more our metabolism is going to increase because that's our active um, cell in our body. So we burn mu- muscle is pretty amazing. Like we we burn energy. Our muscle burns energy just by being alive. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's awesome. You don't have to even do anything. Um, but yeah, so that's why you have to eat. Yes, exactly. Food is very, very important. I always tell people, even if they don't train on a day, even if they don't work out, your body still needs food. Okay. Your body still needs food to function. Yeah. Each day. Oh, that's cool. Um, so, so in school, like you're learning this kind of typical australian government health line like i don't know if you know much about the american what the american government said was healthy and and whatnot there's a chart and they said like have you seen it i haven't seen it for a while but refresh my memory okay like they said like frosted mini wheats are healthier than than eggs hold on i'm gonna find it um and that because it they're saying what lower calories or what's the What's the reasoning behind that? I'm kind of curious. Um, hold on. Let me see if I can find it because yeah. it was so funny. Okay, here it is. So yeah, they said the highest the highest thing that was to be encouraged is watermelon, kale, and then frosted mini weeds. And then the other one was unsweetened almond milk and then non-fat uh, frozen yogurt. Oh no, that makes me sad. Isn't that that's very sad? It really makes me sad because people yeah. obviously take that on board. Some completely. people will. Like I, yeah. I always tell people as well, there is nothing wrong. I actually get more freaked out about the low-fat, non-fat options out there. No, a bunch because... of the time they are filled with maybe more sugar or just weird-ass things that body our body doesn't need. I always Extra say you know, stuff. Yeah, we need fat. Fat is so important for no, hormones. No, fat's, fat's a good thing. But I can, with diet culture today, I can understand why so many people start developing a fear for fat. Yeah, and it's and it's something that's like targeted because they, it's like something that the companies can target and try and like p- get people in like a fear-based mindset. And then it like the market becomes, you know, their product becomes easier to sell and stuff. But like you actually need fats, like you need the fats from like oils and stuff. You need the fats from from like your meats and stuff like that's important for your body. Um, 
Because if you don't have proper fat, like you can't have that proper storage of nutrients. And especially for females, we need, you know, we need that fat support in order to have a regular cycle. And, you know, once it's crazy to see how our body switches when we're not getting enough food in general, it goes into survival mode. Because you got to think the last thing your body's going to do is prioritize, you know, digestion and things like that. It's in a state of stress. It's not going to be like, all right, yeah, cool. I'm going to chill here and just digest this salad we ate an hour before or this, you know, this piece of chicken. Because if a tiger comes around, your body's going to want to be in a state, um, a mental and physical state of being able to run away from it, being survival. It's not going to be chilling when I just digesting food. So that's another, that's a major thing. Stress is a major thing that impacts nutrition. A lot of people aren't properly aware of because you can be, subconsciously stressed even on a level yeah well and stress like um it it just heightens your cortisol and has you in the sympathetic nervous system so you're kind of in a state of flight um or like fight or flight state um which is definitely not good for it's not good for like any form of lifestyle but it's definitely not good for digestion and proper intake of nutrients and stuff not good for sleep um not good for energy levels um yeah not good for a lot of things but um, I just want to just wanted to cover the bottom things on the government funded food pyramid. So it says the the bottom thing is ground beef. Then going up from there is cheddar cheese, and then a whole egg fried in butter, and then an ice cream cone with nuts, and non fat mozzarella cheese, and something that they recommend above all these things is almond M and M's. Right okay yeah um interesting yeah (laughs) honestly the first couple of things you said they are staples in my diet I follow a very ancestral sort of whole foods Mediterranean diet as well because that is my genetic build-up I'm half Greek um and they focus a lot on healthy fats um olive oil yes yes the healthy fats um and, you know, there's heaps of studies being done as well that the Mediterranean diet in general, I don't think it's just the diet, but their lifestyle, their stress-free lifestyle, you know, how yeah. they live, their produce. Um, they live so much longer than a lot of other countries, states, everything. Like it's... It's interesting, yeah. Um, but yeah, what you said, um, yeah, that's, that surprises me. It shocks me. It surprises me. It makes me sad because I would not be following those guidelines that you just said in terms of what I yeah it's insane and the another one that was higher so the so a few rows higher than the almond m&ms is an egg substitute fried in vegetable oil (laughs) so like the just eggs made out of canola oil like and then like cooking it in the pan with with yeah yeah fake food with fake like it's like moto oil that's what it is Vegetable oil uh, is just motor oil. It was made I'm, for cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. Yep, that just that makes me sad. It really it's does. It's sad. sad. It is sad, but um, it makes you wonder if there's like an agenda behind it too. Like, okay, like so why? Like this clearly, this stuff is not like I think. Okay, the average person is kind of like you know not the brightest person, but like a, a person with a brain can realize that almond M and M's are less healthy than eggs like real eggs in butter I yeah I do think that the health 
healthcare system in a lot of places is very is a little messed up because it promotes a lot of foods that are going to make you unhealthy which then makes you seek medical help but they're pretty much telling you the same thing and I feel like it's just a cycle um and even just lifestyle you know a lot of the time people in order to keep a healthy lifestyle have to work you know from nine to five but then like the time like you don't get much time for your health during that time if that makes sense like it takes a lot of willpower and drive to maybe wake up early in the morning or fight through some tiredness to work out after the day so what I think what something that I've implemented over the past few years is what I like to call little things aren't little so it sounds silly but what I have been doing is I wake up an hour an hour earlier than I need to and I call it my productivity hour I actually call it my power hour hour. (laughs) Um, yeah so if you think about it if you use that so-called power hour to I don't know work out or do something for your health or be productive think about it like this after a week you've had seven extra hours of power hours right after a month you've had about 30 after a year you've had you've gained an extra 365 hours of productive life if that's how you use it and that's huge so the little things can add up if you attack it in a really healthy way power hour i'm gonna (laughs) i'm gonna steal that go for it it. yeah did you did you coin that well yeah i mean i haven't that's just what i would call it when i wake up when people were like to me why are you waking up earlier than you need to i'm like oh it's my power hour (laughs) you have to use that more often that's so cool Um, I mean, I personally find that I'm the type of person that I feel most energized and alert and able to, I have most of my mental energy as soon as I wake up. I know a lot of people aren't morning people, but that's my, like, I've been able to use that as my power because I know that that's when I can produce the most power in that hour. Hence yeah. What I it. Okay. So I used to, I, I was on a schedule where I was waking up pretty early like I was waking up at six and Mm -hmm. I would I would go to the gym um like right away and I would just feel energized or I go to jujitsu like right away and then I just had a break in my routine um because I had surgery and then it just got messed up from there and like now I wake up at like seven and I'm like oh I don't want to get out of bed so I have to change that yeah it's uh, yeah it's the more you do a certain behavior, the easier it's going to become a habit. I think yeah. it takes about a month or so for it to become a proper habit. I think it's um, so 21 it repetitions. 21 repetitions, yeah. So it does take a while, but it's just going to get easier from there. And oh, I was going to say something. I lost my train of thought. I was going to say something else. Um, it's okay. I'm, I'm going to... Oh, go ahead. I remembered. Um, so... I like to recommend for people if they are wanting to work out to try doing it in the morning because not only have you essentially got it out of the way, um, it sets you those in the those post workout endorphins set mm. you up such a good mood and it's gonna influence. It's like a cascade of events. It's gonna influence your behavior for the remaining of the day. So you might end up subconsciously picking a more nutrient dense meal for lunch if you've worked out in the morning. Like little things like that. 
No, so I agree. I, I agree. Like if I'm going to work out in the morning, I, I walk out of there at 8 a.m. I'm like, yeah, like I got in here and it's 8 a.m. And I already got like a killer workout in. And uh, it just feels there's just you feel like a sense of accomplishment, like with the feel good endorphins. And and then, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely like totally true that you're going to feel better throughout your day. Um, yeah, there's something so satisfying. I'm like, oh, sorry. There's something so satisfying knowing that you've like pushed and trained your body before most of the population in your area. Yeah. Is even aware. Like, I yeah. love that. <laughs> no, it's a good feeling. It's like you should feel good, like knowing that, like, like yeah, you guys are still in bed, and I'm, I'm doing this. Or like, uh, I don't know if you've lived with roommates before, but if you've like left your, left your like like house to go train then you come back and they're still asleep you're like yeah like what's up guys <laughs> yes yes oh yes I can relate can relate yeah to that. so that's a good feeling but um yeah so before we wrap up I always have the guests on the show just have like like you have one message for the whole world like everybody is listening so what what's your one message for the whole world that you're going to share I think the first thing that comes to mind is just mindset matters. Just those two words. And that can relate to anything, but I guess I'm more relating it to health. Um, don't neglect your mind when it comes to health, you know, to think about this, like if, you know, food doesn't just magically jump into your body, like there's always a thought before nutrition. And that's what I like to help people understand and target is their mindset around nutrition because like I said that's going to set them up pretty much for their whole health journey and I I'm very I see my health journey now as a blessing because I've been able to definitely experience a whole range of that spectrum so that enables me to connect with my clients on a deeper level because I could be like oh I've been here oh I've been here oh I've been here and so that's pretty much what I would tell people is that mindset matters and to really check in with yourself constantly, ask yourself questions, reflect, because um, it's easy to live life being distracted or being too busy and to forget to live with yourself and to check in. And then that can definitely cause, you know, some minor unhealthy habits to occur. And then you might wake up one day in a spot that you don't like which maybe could have been avoided if, you know, you check in with yourself and you ask yourself questions and you treat yourself with love and just oh, just a bunch of those, like self-love is a big, big factor when it comes to health, definitely like body image and self-love. And I always, I always talk to my body, you know, I'm always talking to it with kind words, nice words, compliments. I'm always thanking my legs after leg day for being yeah. able to withstand a leg day just little connections that you make with your body with your mind goes a long long way yeah thank you so much that was a good that was a good message um i could feel like your your passion radiating um through the screen um but i just want to add one thing one thing that i did after i had acl surgery for those of you who don't know um and like every day like for the first month or two i would wake up and like i would be in like agonizing pain like just oh my god it hurts so but i would just like stop and like okay it hurts and i just speak to my leg and be like i love you i love you it's okay and then like yeah. you just feel better um so yeah i think that's cool that you talk to your body like that too um because your words like carry energy um, yes absolutely yeah so 
Um, that was an awesome message. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you so much for coming on. And thank you so much for being vulnerable enough to share like your journey and, and what you went through to be where you are today. So I appreciate it. Most welcome. Thank you for having me on here. Absolutely. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you got this far, thank you so much for listening. Uh, hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Peace.